pray. God, you are awesome. We are humbled to be in your presence. We are honored that you love us, that you have called us, that you provide for us, that you have delivered us. God, help us to never forget. Help us to celebrate and proclaim it today. Please be with us right now as we hear your scriptures, as we really listen to your spirit. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm up again today uh, to, uh, to give the message. I'm actually going to share it uh, with a special guest uh, that you'll find out about more later. But as, uh, as Tom talked about, we are beginning a series uh, on the, the book of Acts, actually began it last week. How amazing was it last week to just hear not only from Jeff, but also hear from Tony, from Marie, from Ting, Alberto, from Dwayne, from Sydney, all sharing the gospel, proclaiming it in so many different languages, just showing the power of God. You know, poured out in his church 2,000 years ago, it still continues today. And so we're going to spend some time in the book of Acts for the next few weeks. And, you know, if you're familiar with the Bible, you've probably read the book of Acts before. Many of us are. If you're new to it, you might be like, book of Acts. Okay, that's kind of a vague title. What are we talking about? Acts like in a play, acts that people commit. Who, are, who is this about? Uh, a lot of us know the official title is the Acts of the Apostles. What's interesting is that this title was not given to the book by the author. But rather, over a hundred years later, Irenaeus, a leader in the church, started using this term to apply to this book. And it makes sense. Acts of the Apostles, you read the book, you see what the apostles are doing. They're bringing the gospel throughout the Roman Empire in the first century. It's very inspiring. But also when you read the book, you realize that the main player in this book is the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it was pointed out by the Bible Project, this is probably a better title for the, for the book, more fitting, The Acts of the Holy Spirit. Over 40 times the Holy Spirit is referenced in the 28 chapters of the book as what is causing, as who is causing these amazing things that are happening. And it's really interesting because, you know, I grew up in the church, in, in a church very similar to this one. In my faith tradition, maybe some of you can relate, we heard a lot of sermons on the book of Acts. It's very inspiring. Look how many people got baptized. Look at the zeal of the disciples. They're so committed. They're so devoted. They go anywhere, do anything for the spread of the gospel. We got to be like that. But not once did I hear a sermon on the Holy Spirit from the book of Acts. And I know everyone believed that the Holy Spirit was active, but when you don't talk about it, you can start to get your outlook twisted. And forget that rather than elevating humans and de-emphasizing the Holy Spirit, we got to understand that he's the main player, that God is the one. And otherwise, we feel a lot of pressure. We can start to idolize people and programs and institutions, and we can be undone. And so I'm so glad that this time around we have decided it is the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts that we are focusing on. So we're going to jump in here, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him 
as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And I want to just take a second because there's some really interesting details that are included. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, writing in the ancient world was a very expensive process. So if you're including details, you don't just fill space. It's there for a reason. It's important. You know, one thing, they're going at three in the afternoon, in the middle of the day, a very popular time of day, as opposed to a few weeks earlier where they were locked in a room because they were afraid. The Holy Spirit has totally brought them out of that fear and empowered them to be bold. And then you see this man who was lame, it says, from birth. You know, obviously, we we can only speculate as to what sort of disability he had. Maybe he was paralyzed. Maybe he had a birth defect. But for his entire life, he had to be put places, carried and brought places, never able to go somewhere on his own. Can we just let that sink in for a second? Many of us have no idea what that's like. Many of us know someone in a situation like this. In this man, there was no wheelchairs. There was no social programs to help him out. Imagine the kind of life that is. And it says, when he saw Peter and John, he's asking them for money, but it says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And to me, what that says is they're giving the man respect. They're honoring his dignity as a person. Do we have that same kind of mindset when we see people in need? And then it says that they had to tell him, look at us, which means I think that he wasn't looking at them. Makes me think of the fact that he had been shut down so many times. He's probably just like, okay, I'm going to say this. Nothing usually comes from it, but whatever. And so he has to be told, look at them. And now he's like, okay, well, maybe something is going to happen here. Verse 6, and Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Incredible. And Peter goes on and gives a pretty lengthy sermon explaining that this was because of the power of Jesus, that he's the one who has fulfilled the scriptures. He's the Messiah. We need to repent. But notice, Peter doesn't start with a sermon in this situation. Rather, the Holy Spirit enables a miraculous act of love and kindness. That's the first thing that happens. Because the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And we're going to kind of use this scripture to talk about these different aspects that God, I do believe, that we all believe through his Holy Spirit wants to manifest in his people, in his church. And so today, like Tom referenced We're talking about the spirit of love. What does it look like when Christians surrender to God in such a way that a spirit of love that the world has never seen before goes out into the world? What can happen when we do that? 
And as we were talking as a curriculum group about how can we really capture the heart of the spirit of love, we're thinking, well, let's not just have one person stand up here for 30 minutes and talk. Let's bring in someone who can really exemplify what this is all about. There's a lot of examples of this, but a lot of us know there is a very dire situation happening in Eastern Europe right now. And one of our good friends, Sean Wooten, who has spoken here many times, he has been in that part of the world for decades serving the church. He's still there in Moldova, right next to Ukraine. And I was able to have a conversation with him on Zoom. And what I wanted us to do with our time, spend a lot of time just listening to Sean, listening to the kinds of amazing things God is doing by his Holy Spirit to show what the spirit of love is all about. Sean, thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, it's so great to see you. How Sean, are you? thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, it's so great to see you. How are you? How, how, how are things going over there? I know it's a, it's a very difficult time in so many ways. Um, well, it's great to see you too, Chase. And, um, and it's very encouraging, although today at this exact second, it is not Sunday yet, but just it warms my heart knowing I get to be a part of your guys' Sunday service. Yeah. Um, the North River Church is such, I, I kind of think of it as like it's a retreat from my spirituality and my heart to be able to come and visit and just walk into that hall and see amazing disciples. Um, it's just always so inspiring. And um I'm clearly out of my preaching turn now, for sure. I've fallen out of the rotation, unfortunately. Well, maybe this is you getting back into the rotation. <laughs> hey, man. That's awesome. I love it. Um, but yeah, life overall is good. Um, you know, uh, obviously the war rages on. Um, Moldova um, uh, is a potential target. So we realize we could be forced to uh, pack up our bags and move again. Um, so there's a certain level of uncertainty, but there's, there's a great um, sense of God's putting us where we need to be. We're happy to be here. Yes, you too. And we're just, we're so grateful and we're so inspired, you know, by your faithfulness, um, no matter what's going on, you know, I mean, it's like you, you, you always, want and hope and expect to be faithful. And then when you're put in certain situations, it's really tested. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, just time and time again, just seeing you guys and your example and your love for God, your love for people. Um, it's just awesome. And, and that's what we're talking about today. You know, we're talking about acts three, we're talking mm -hmm. about how God's spirit, um, you know, is really unleashed, uh, on his people and, and really into the world. Um, coming off of Pentecost last week and um, just seeing how the spirit moved in that situation. And then the next chapter, uh, you know, Peter and John, they go and uh, they see this man and he's begging for money. And, you know, they, they decide to, in the name of Jesus, uh, to heal him and, you know, perform this amazing act of kindness that's, you know, empowered by the, by the Holy spirit. And, uh, and so I wanted to talk to you cause I know, um, I've heard stories and those who have joined you on your Facebook prayer times um, have heard a lot of stories as well of just mm -hmm. man, situations where disciples are, are showing that kind of compassion in the midst mm -hmm. of terrible situations. Amen. Well, great topic. Um, God is love. And, um, 
you know, love isn't something God does. It's, it's who he is. Right. And um, I think, I think the way we've tried to ground ourselves as a revive team through everything we're going through is I just try to make sure every meeting we walk out of everyone is a little bit more convinced that God loves them. Hmm. Um, if I can communicate anything to anybody, it's that God loves them. And because I think if we overflow with that understanding, it'll spill over onto the people around us. And um, I think for years I would dig into the scriptures to figure out how I can be better or to challenge myself as opposed to just really try and understand from the scripture also just how every verse really is part of a huge love letter. And um, because if I can fill up on his love, um, then, then I can go love others. Mm -hmm. So I love this. I love this topic that you have. And I think um, Acts three, you know, uh, Peter and John, as you pointed out, were so filled with the spirit, right? So filled with, and one of the fruits of the spirit is love. It's the first one. And um, it, it's a fruit. And it's interesting. It's the acts of the sinful nature. Those are things we go do. Um, but the fruit of the spirit isn't something you can do. It's the fruit. Mm. Um, it's, it's a byproduct um, of loving God. Um, when we love God, we get the fruit of his love in our life. And we're able to love um, and pass it on, which is you want to be able to love. Okay. I'm going to go love right now. Well, it, no, I can go sin right now, but it, love is the fruit of the spirit. I have to go, I have to go get in line with God. I have to be right with God. And, and we know the verse in first John five, where it says to love God is to obey his commands. Right. So mm -hmm. if, if we stay in, if we st now remain in my love, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. And that's, I just picture this huge waterfall of God's love pouring on me. And as long as I'm obeying him, I stay underneath that waterfall. And when I depart from listening to God or obeying him, uh, you know, I, I, I step out of his, the, the fruit, there's less fruit um, yeah. from that. So, but you're, you're right. Some of the examples um, that I've seen just in these last few months of uh, people filling up on God's love and then being able to love others. Um, you know, we had the situation in the bunker um, and when the sirens go off and the bunkers, they're not really bunkers. This is the basement of an apartment building. Right. And uh, there's no running water. There's no toilets. There was a little Folgers can put in the corner and this, the, you have to understand this room is filled with people and people walk over to that corner and pee and poo um, in the corner. There's no shower. There's no, there's no flushing um, it's horrific conditions. And, um, you know, in the beginning when Kiev was getting a lot of bombing, um, you know, you hear the signs going off and you hear explosives. You don't know if you're going to be the next one. And, um, one of our sisters just stood up and started to pray. And I mean, you could hear a pin drop except for the bombs and the sirens, but the sister just stood up and said, let's pray. And she started to pray for the whole, everyone in the bomb shelter, pray for their safety. God, keep us alive. Father, keep the rockets away from us. And then she just sits down after she prayers, prays and there's just silence, right? I mean, um, but then the next day as people can go out, they, they, they walk up to her and say, so who taught you how to pray? Could you teach me how to pray? Like there's this, there's this engagement, um, and then she would love these people, right? She would reach out to them. She would help them. And um, um, then there was another situation where, you know, there's just no food in the bunkers after a while. They run out of food. And um, we had brothers and sisters 
um, run upstairs to their apartments, cook, and then bring down hot meals to everybody. And it was our brothers and sisters that were doing this, right? They're, they're risking their lives. And, and then one sister, she borrowed somebody's bicycle so that she could ride and bring food to the other uh, bomb shelters. And that's when we grabbed a hold of a school and started using the kitchen in a school to start cooking. And we cooked like 1,200 meals. And you show up in there with this food. And then there's always somebody who jumps up and says, can I help? Can I help you serve the food? And, and they want to help. And they're like, can I go with you? And then so they came to the soup kitchen and they start peeling potatoes and they start um, cooking with us. And then they're like, who are you guys? Why are you doing this? And, and they start studying the Bible. And there's, I think there's been, uh, I'll be conservative. There's been six or seven bunker baptisms. These are just people who are watching the disciples in action. Um, all together, 20, 20 baptisms in the Kiev church in the first two months of the war. Mm-hmm. And to put that in perspective, there were 24 baptisms in the year 2021. And in mm-hmm. six weeks, there were 20 baptisms uh, when the war happened. Because all of a sudden, the disciples had this unbelievable opportunity to show God's love. Uh, to show um, something that nobody at that moment was thinking anybody's going to do and um just very very proud of them yeah Um, another story one brother uh one brother uh he was a disciple many years ago he fell away um unfortunately due to alcohol abuse um was away for a few years um and kiev just opened up a rehab center um and he got uh he got his uh life back in order came to the rehab center got dried up uh, started to study the Bible um, and uh, got restored. And wow. uh, his uh, his village um, near this rehab center, um, Russian soldiers came in and, uh, you know, everyone's hiding in their houses and um, as they were shooting and, and shooting in the air and stuff and pulling people out of the houses, he ran to the soldiers and said, take me, let me do it. Let me be the one. And the soldiers at times would get them down on their knees and put the gun at their head and tell them that they're about to, to kill him. And he would jump in front of the rifle in front of the other people. He would, he would grab the rifle and put it on himself oh my gosh. Uh, because, because he know he, he's going to heaven if this guy actually pulls the trigger. Um, yeah. But um, you know, there were so many atrocities in so many villages, but in his village, there wasn't a single person killed or harmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, you can't say he literally saved the village, but, um, you know, his, his love and trust in God kept so many people safe, um, in that village. So, yeah. So, amen. That's, that's a couple of situations in Kiev. I, I could share more. You may be, you may have had a, you I mean, may have had enough. I don't know. It's, it's just amazing. I mean, thank you so much for sharing those, Sean. It's, it's just like, I think about the the concept that the the light shines brightest in the darkest places, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know when I just I, I picture those situations, and and mm-hmm. I picture uh, just utter devastation. It's like that's you see through the scriptures. That's oftentimes when when God's most incredible miracles happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's true. Um, and. Uh, and just, you know, thinking about even, I don't know, some of us might read the scripture, you know, and, and be like, well, I can't, you know, I can't miraculously hear, heal someone of paralysis, you know what I mean? Right. So it's not the same thing, 
But right. like, honestly, what you're describing, when, when people absolutely put others above their own needs hmm. and they have no regard for their own life, you know, like that is the power of God on display mm. just as much, if not more so than healing a physical ailment. You know what I mean? I think right. about first Corinthians one right? The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, that is the power of God. Right. Um, and the message of the cross is I love you more than my own life. Right. right. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and so just, just thinking about us in the United States, just like, we don't know, like we take our safety and our security for granted. I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I'm sure others can relate. I mean, that's what I do. And right. I mean, there's just tears coming to my eyes, just thinking about being in those situations. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, what, what would I do? You know? Mm. Um, but like you said, it's not us, right? You know? It's the right. spirit of God. That's the right. only way these things can happen. And, and, right. uh, and it's just such an inspiring example. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, and I, I think I know you would, you would be doing exactly what I'm doing. If you were here, <laughs> I have no doubt, you know, it's God just seems to put us in situations and, you know, it, it, I, I think um, it's interesting, another story, you know, we have a thousand Christians right now all over Europe, um, half, half the disciples in the Ukraine are all over Europe. And, um, you know, the, the amount of hospitality and inconvenience that the mm. Western European churches have absorbed at this hour um, is insane. Um, you know, we had, we had, one one family drive all the way from Berlin to the border of Poland to pick up somebody at the border to drive them back home. And this is after some people walked almost a marathon to get to the border um, in freezing, snowing weather, um, crossed the border. And there's a disciple from Germany standing there that they've never seen before in their life. And they put him in the backseat of the car and just start driving and they can't even talk to each other. Um, where do you, where do you see that? Where do you find that, uh, type of love? Right. And it's, it's inconvenient. Um, and I think, you know, uh, our world with it's like you said, you know, it's, it's very easy to be self-focused or selfish. Um, and I think the Lord is testing us a little bit as a movement. He's refining us, um, because, Europe is a very atheistic, very difficult place to convert people. And um, you can just become content um, with life and um, watching church from your couch and not really engaging. And then all of a sudden there's this, this door is blown open that is calling us to do something that is totally unprecedented. But you, you see so much maybe I guess joy is the right word, not happiness, but you see so much joy from the disciples doing the right thing at the right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sean, I, I, you're spot on there. You know, um, if we can fill up with God and we're presented with these moments, right. Mm -hmm. if, if we say, God, I obey you. 
I, I submit to your spirit in my life, then these moments come and he's ready and we're ready. You know right. what I mean? And right. I, I think you're absolutely right. That, that just happening time and time again where you are. And I pray that uh, we can all have that, uh, that same approach. Um, hmm. And so thanks again for taking the time today. I know you got to go uh, do midweek service here in a little bit. Um, but, uh, it's been so, so encouraging and, um, and Amen. yeah, it's the, it's, it's the power of, of God and it's being shown in his church. So Amen. thank you. Amen. And I encourage you, uh, there's, there's a good amount more uh, of the interview that I wasn't able to show for time's sake, but you can see that on our YouTube channel, on our podcast, you can listen to that. Uh, one of the things that he does at the end, which was just so humbling and mind-boggling, was to thank us, thank the North River Church for the ways that we've supported uh, the work in Eastern Europe financially. Um, but such a high calling, and I, I, just, I hope it doesn't take a war for us to love the way that God calls us to, to love. We've been blessed so much in this country. Let's, let's use the blessing to bless, right? And just some, some uh, lessons to take away as we close out. Uh, let's just remember the order of things that we've seen in the book so far. That they don't act first, the Holy Spirit acts first. They want to get going in, in Acts chapter 1. They're like, Jesus, let's do this. Jesus says, wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. He will show you what to do. I pray we have the same kind of attitude. And then... You know, this idea of leading with love. When you look at Jesus, that's what he did. There was a lot of, of preaching and teaching and, and calling people out that Jesus did. But when you look at these situations, first he loved people. You know, whether it's the woman caught in adultery, he saves her life and then calls her to live the right way. You know, Matthew, the tax collector, you know, Jesus doesn't wait for him to demonstrate his repentance before he says, I want you to join my team even though he had been living this messed up life by many standards. And if we lead with this kind of love, that's when people will listen to us. That's what happened in Acts chapter 3. They were that miraculously kind, and people listened, and many people came to Jesus because of that. And, you know, when you think about what Jesus said, he says people are going to know God and who we are by the way that we love people. And I don't know, when you look at the world, is it an encouraging thing to see the direction the world is heading? And obviously, it was messed up in Jesus' time too, the Roman Empire. I mean, it's not like things were great. But his disciples knew the way we get people to understand the gospel is simply by loving them. And do we have the right kind of mindset in today's age as the world is becoming more secular as people, even in the Bible Belt, are trying to edge God out of their life, is our response that we have the right political issues on, in different stances that we take, the right views on things? Is our response, well, we need to make sure that we have really impressive church buildings and all these, all these things are great, but Jesus calls us to love. And we're not going to win this so-called culture war by fighting the way the world fights. It's simply by loving. And we got to remember, it's the basics of Christianity, but we get it wrong so many times. And a lot of people don't want to listen to Christians right now. You know, and, and so-called Christians, and we can fall into this, we should never think we're better than anybody else. 
we can fall into the same destructive pattern that the enemy wants us to fall into by fighting the wrong way. We need to fight with love. And so let's take some stock of our personal life. How's your love life? And I'm not talking about romance. When I look at this, it's so convicting. I strive to be a loving person. I hope I'm a loving person sometimes, most of the time. I don't know. There's so much more that I can do. But if I just say, okay, I need to go be more loving. I need to love this person better, the, my neighbor, my, my, my friend, my, my family. But if, if, we, if we do that, then we're not listening to the Spirit, right? That, that's what Sean was saying. Like, it's not something that you go and do. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And I need to just get on my knees and ask God, God, how do you want me to love? How do you want me to be the loving person you want me to be with my kids, with my wife, with, with the stranger, with, with the church, with my brothers and sisters? God, how do you want me to love? I pray that we can pray that prayer in our own lives. And as we, we take communion, let's remember what Jesus, the person we're remembering, called us is the, the most important thing we do as Christians. Love God, love people. Who's going to change the world? Are we going to change the world or is he going to change the world? If we submit to him, that's what he wants to do. He wants to use us if we have what he wants in mind, if we submit to him. Let's think about the message of the cross. Let's think about Jesus, the way that he gave it all because of love. And we're still doing what he did thousands of years later. And millions of people are doing this right now, what we're doing around the world because of what he did. That is change. That is impact. That's the impact he wants us to have. Let's pray. God, we're humbled to be your children. We're grateful, God. We celebrate what you have done. God, it's hard out there. The world is messed up just as it was back then, but it's not more than you can handle. And while we might get discouraged and there's all kinds of different things we might be feeling when we, when we listen to these things, God, help us to just listen to you. Help us to listen to your spirit prompting us. Help us to cut out distractions. Help us to humble ourselves to hear what you have to say. Help us to have the courage to love, whatever that looks like. And God, we know that if we trust in you, that the power of Jesus, the power that raised him from the dead, that we remember his sacrifice as we are right now, the bread and the juice symbolizing the body and the blood that was shed for us, God. Help us to remember what that sacrifice means and the reality that we can live in because of it. We love you. It's in your name. Amen.